0: Well, Happy Memorial Day and Happy Graduation Sunday as well. We're so thankful that uh, you have participated and joined in in our online uh, church community here, not only to honor our fallen uh, soldiers who bravely gave their lives and sacrificed so that we might have freedom, but also at the same time um, honor and celebrate our graduates. I think it was a special time to see that passing and the blessing off of our young people by their parents, that generational uh, blessings, all right? Um, And today for Graduate Sunday, I have a message not not only specifically to our students, but also to all of us, really, of what it uh, looks like and what are the evidences of a Christ follower. In other words, what does it mean to be a Christian? And I've studied Philippians 3 uh, for many years, but this is an insight that I uh, haven't really noticed before. And God gave me insight and revelation as I was, as I was studying this week. And um, as we talk about all things as loss. So let's just get straight into it. Philippians 3, verse 7. Paul says, whatever gain I had, and I highlighted it for us, I counted as loss For the sake of Christ, indeed, I count everything as lost, that's the second time, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, there's so much more to being a Christian than saying yes to Jesus. In fact, I believe it's J.D. Greer who wrote a book of uh, Don't Say uh, You Have Jesus in Your Heart or I, I Receive Yes and Receive Jesus in My Heart because um, there's so much more to just this um, emotional feeling or a decision to following Christ. There's so much more uh, to being a Christ follower than going to church and reading the Bible. All that is important. But really, uh, when you, re- you and I... Believe in the finished work of Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection, there is a seismic shift. There is a great reversal that occurs, not just in our eternal destiny, but there's a categorical shift and change that happens in the spiritual realm. Biblical repentance is not just feeling bad. For our sins or feeling bad that you got caught but really biblical repentance is a change of mind metanoia it's going from one direction of self of sin of satan and making 180 degree turn to follow christ and to love him and to obey him and this um, reversal Uh, It's actually found in here in Philippians 3, and it goes with our main point. Would you write this down? To become a Christian is to have a great reversal. Let me repeat that again. To become a Christian is to have or to experience a great reversal. All throughout the Bible, especially in the New Testament, there is this uh, theme of reversal once we turn to christ turn from sin and we become christ followers even from a fan of christ to a follower of christ there's this shift that happens and there's a reversal that happens for example in luke chapter 15 a very famous passage where uh, the prodigal son comes home And the father receives him. He throws a party for him. And this is what he says. He says, hey, we have to throw a party for my son, the son of mine. Watch the intentional language here that Luke writes. For the son of mine was once dead, but now he is alive. You guys catch that? There's this reversal from death to life, and he says, he once was blind, but or he once was lost, but now he is found. A reversal from being lost to found, from being um, dead to, to being alive. Do you see here that uh, biblically, the, the Father here representing God, Right? The, the the father, he doesn't say, oh, you know, uh, he didn't sugarcoat it. He, he didn't have this picture, well, you know, boys will be boys. He just needed to sow his wild oats. You know, he just kind of, you know, messed around a little bit and, you know, kind of did his thing. He says, no, 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 no. The son of mine... He was categorically dead, but he's now alive. He was in a different category of being lost, but now he is found. It's um, It echoes of Ephesians 2, right? That once we walked as the sons of disobedience, right? And that we were... Um, dead in our trespasses and sins, but God made us alive. Do you see here? There's a reversal. There's a change of trajectory from one category to the next. First Peter says that we've been called from darkness and we've been transferred into His kingdom of light. The Bible says that we were enemies of God, but now we become His friends. We were distant 1 Peter 3 says, now we've been brought near. We were far off. Now we've been brought near. All throughout I was blind, but now I see. At once, at one time we were at enmity with God. We were in opposition with God, but now we are close to God. You see, when we follow Christ, it's not just saying yes, where your your destination changes, but um Everything changes. Your desire changes, and we see here, in Luke, uh, we see here, in uh, Philippians chapter three, verse seven. It says, "Whatever I had gained, I had I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord." For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. There's a shift. There's a reversal. The things that he had counted gain is now actually loss. Uh, The Greek term here is that these are accounting terms, that they are concerted. what once was a gain but now as a loss. In verse 7, Uh, It's important to note here that uh, this is in the past tense, meaning that Paul is saying, I was met by Christ, He showed Himself to me, and when I did, Everything that I used to bank on, everything that I valued, everything that I treasured, everything that I thought was important, all my righteousness, all my zeal, all my ethnic pedigree, man, because of Jesus, what I thought was gain was actually loss in comparison to knowing Jesus. And in verse 8, it goes from the present tense of this is what happened in conversion, now look in verse 8, it says, indeed, I, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. This is now in the present tense where Paul is saying here, I go on counting everything. Same as whatever it, w- it was in verse 7, everything that I had Thought gained, I continue to count as loss. This is an ongoing present activity as a follower of Christ that we count, we continue to count everything as loss. In other words, the counted loss in verse 7 didn't happen just at his conversion, that this happens, counting everything as loss. This happens every day for the Christian. There is this reversal. When we look at temptation every day that comes along our way and we continue to count it as loss, anything that raises its head and tries to take place of Christ, and attempts to put Jesus and usurps Jesus from being number one and puts Jesus as second, third, fourth, fifth place, we continue to count it as loss. It's because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ. So whatever things that we're so motivated to do or motivated to have whatever things that we prioritize, whether it's an achievement, whether it's a material possession, maybe it's attaining a status, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's trying to have a child. Paul says, hey, whatever it is, I count it as loss, in comparison to knowing Christ and in verse 8 here what Paul does is that he gives the conclusion that man when i consider everything that i have suffered everything that i have lost they were taken from me but for the sake of Christ Paul says i count them as rubbish the word rubbish there it's uh, the literal uh, trans- translation or interpretation is excrement uh, older translation would say that this, I count them as dung. But the bottom line here for you and me as Christ followers is that to become a Christian, we are to have a great reversal. What once was gained is now considered as lost. For Paul, it was, what was once worth killing for, killing for what was once worth persecuting it's now lost and what i now um, have is gain you know one of the great um insights and i I think wisdom in your spiritual life is and uh, philippians 3 says whatsoever things are pure and noble and true dwell on these things i'll give you a little hint here is i'll give you a little um extra nugget is that um, never focus on what you lose, focus on what you gain. You see, um, it's just like being married in, in a married life. You don't go enter into marriage with your bride at the altar and say, Oh, you know what? Oh, I can't no more hanging out late with the guys. Knowing no more going, you know, staying up till three or four and pulling all-nighters and hanging out and watching movies and going to the clubs. Oh, I, I you know, it's, it's all, I have to put that all away. There's no sense of, of uh, regret or remorse. It's like, of course, I'm willing to put my so-called um, freedom aside. I'm willing to put this bachelor bachelor life aside and I'm going to focus not on what I lost, but I'm going to focus on what? What I gain. And this is what Paul is saying here. I gain Christ and everything um, is considered loss in comparison of knowing Jesus. You know, I was having lunch uh last month with one of our young adults who attends our church online and he was here in oahu for uh during the summer anyways he we met and he just shared his testimony that god had captured his heart that he is um, on fire for the lord um, one thing i noticed about this young man is you know he's hawaiian descent and he would, uh he would always kind of include and have a sense of pride and um, being Hawaiian and the Hawaiian language and Hawaiian culture and the preservation of that. Um, and uh, he was two years, a year and a half or two years um, from finishing his degree in Hawaiian studies at UH Manoa. And he said, Man, Pastor, like, now that I'm know Jesus and know what it means, I have this great joy to be in Christ. Like And, and one of the things about him is that his great-great-grandma, on his dad's side, is uh, Mary Kavena Pukui, who actually is uh, the writer for the Hawaiian Dictionary. Uh, it's in the Bishop uh, Museum Hall of Fame, Hawaii uh, Hall of Fame for music anyways. Uh, it's been ingrained that, you know, culture and heritage and ethnicity and the perpetuation of Hawaiian culture and, and language, we need to preserve that. And that was like his mission and his goal. But you know, now that he's come to know Christ, he's like, you know, I'm thinking of pursuing in uh, biblical studies and attending Grand Canyon University. Not that culture isn't important to my Hawaiian heritage. It's, it's about the kingdom now. That nothing matters now in comparison to the kingdom, even culture and heritage and language, nothing compares to knowing Christ. And so I just want to close it off um, this morning with with two points that when to become uh, a Christian we must have this great reversal. One is this: start with the end goal in mind. So here's the first takeaway point that you could apply. Start with the end or the goal in mind. There's a Greek um, philosopher, uh, Plato and Aristotle, and they really studied uh, this word telos. Uh, This word telos in Greek means purpose. There's actually a branch of philosophy called teleology, which studies um, what is the ultimate end goal for everything. So for young people and for students, start your college life, start your adulthood with the end in mind. Okay? You guys got that? So what does that mean? Okay? What is the end in mind? What's the end goal? I mean, what's the end goal of dedicating the next four, five, six years of life in school? What's the end goal of pulling all-nighters and studying for hours and hours and having sleepless nights and pulling uh, tens and thousands of dollars of tuition and getting to student debt and student loan so you could get a degree? Why get a degree? What's the end goal? What's the end game? Uh, I want to get a degree because um, I could get a job, okay? Why do you want a job? What's the end goal of having a job? I want to provide for myself, okay? I want to provide for my family. I want to have financial security. I want to have, I want to retire early, and I want to travel the world. I want to eat and and travel the world and eat different kinds of food, experience different kinds of culture, and I want to live the American dream. Uh, I want to conquer the world and gain the whole world. That's kind of like the end goal. Experience the world. Uh, You know what Jesus uh, says about that? Look at Matthew chapter 8. Or Mark chapter 8 rather. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? So what start with the end goal. If your end goal is to be financially secure, if your end goal is to be wealthy and gain the whole world, Jesus says, hey, what will it do you if you lose your own soul in the process? Because if you want to be a, a Christian, to become a Christian, you must have this great uh, reversal. And for, I think for, if we're honest um, American dream is to retire early and travel the world, right? And be financially not only secure, but be financially um, free, you know? Uh, John Piper, in his book, Don't Waste Your Life, he really brought it home for me. Uh, and he talked about this tragedy. Uh, he read a, he cited a Read Us Digest article of February nineteen. 98 talks about a the article talks about bob and penny there were a couple from the northeast who took early retirement from their jobs when he was 59 and she was 51 and now they live in punta gorda florida which is a coastal town where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler they play softball and they're going to spend the rest of their lives Uh, Collecting seashells. John Piper writes At first, when I read it, I thought it might be a joke, a spoof of the American dream, but it wasn't. Tragically, this was the dream. Come to the end of your life, your one and only precious God given life, and let the last great work of the season of your life. Before you give an account to your creator, be this. Playing softball and collecting shells. In other words, John Piper says, Can you imagine Bob and Penny standing before the resurrected Savior, reaching out with his nail-pierced hands, giving his life to serve us, Pictured them at the great day of judgment. What can they say? Jesus, what have you done the last remaining years of your life? Uh, Look at my seashells, Lord. This is a tragedy. Saints, friends, brothers and sisters in Christ bought forward the blood of the Lamb. Start. With the end in mind, what is the end goal? What is the ultimate goal? Imagine, if you will, that if you had been given um, the grace and the gift of um, dying graciously on your deathbed, um, what would you comfort your soul? How would you, um, how would you spend your last willing moments you know, John Piper also says that no sane person in his deathbed comforted his own soul with things. No sane person in the final analysis, the end of his life, no sane person would say, oh, give me, huh, I'm about to die, breathe my last breath, give me uh, the title to my home, my escrow papers, because I wanna know that before I passed, I owned a home. No nope. same person would say, surround me, give me my Tesla car keys, and my Range Rover that I always wanted, my dream car, give them to me. No same person. Ever comforted his own soul? Give me my degrees, give me my diplomas, my bachelor's, my master's, my PhD, give me my Louis Vuitton purse that I've always wanted since I was a little girl. No sane person ever comforted in his deathbed his own soul with possessions, with stuff. So start with the end in mind. You don't want to come before the Lord and say, Look, Lord, look at my seashells, look, Lord, look at my degrees. See uh, a, a genuine Christ follower. There's this great reversal to what you thought was gain, what you thought was the most important thing. becomes uh, what you thought was primary becomes secondary in comparison to knowing Jesus. Paul says, "From the past, I counted as lost. In the present, I continue to count it as lost. And as a conclusion, everything that I have that was taken away from me." My heritage, my ethnicity, everything, I count it as loss for the sake of knowing Christ. And lastly, uh, we'll close with this question, is what do you consider as gain? Like, what do you consider as gain? What are you pursuing right now? What is your ambition? What is your goal? What is your priority? What What are your desires? Because... In comparison to knowing Jesus, what we thought was gain is now counted as loss, and we count it presently as loss. I mean, when push comes to shove, what do you ultimately treasure? What do you ultimately put your trust in? Or put it another way, like when push comes to shove, like no matter Answer this question, no matter what happens in my life, I will always have my... fill in the blank. For some of us, no matter what happens in my life, I will always have a strong work ethic. No matter what happens in my life, I will always have my 401k. No matter what happens in my life, I will always have... equity from my home no matter what happens i'll always have my family i'll always know that i raised good kids no matter what i always happens in my life i have my education if you want to know christ as paul says in verse 9 to know him the to share in his suffering to experience Mm -hmm. the power of the resurrection Mm -hmm. then you and i We need to count all things as lost. It doesn't mean that it's not important, but in comparison to Jesus, we count this as lost. And I just want to close with this invitation for us to become genuine Christ followers. Remember that when we receive Christ, and we become Christians and disciples. We're not just believers, but we're followers. We're disciples of God. We're disciples of Christ. And we, Jesus just doesn't change our destination of our souls, but Jesus changes the desires of our hearts. Jesus has, there's this great reversal where your affection change. Your affection changes. Your desires change. Like what's your priorities, it changes, it becomes all about Christ, knowing Him. That no matter what um, comes my way, no matter what temptation comes, no matter what um, is dangled, carrot is dangled in front of me, I consider that as loss in comparison to knowing Christ. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Amen. Let me go ahead and pray for us. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we just thank you, Lord, for this time where uh, your word is like a mirror, that it reveals areas in our lives, the ugliness and the truth, Lord God, of hidden agendas, secret motives, secret desires. Lord, all we want is you. So, Lord, I pray right now that our affections, our desires would change. That we would pursue you, O oh Lord God. That um, Philippians 3, 7-9 won't just become a, a nice little verse that we put in a mug. But it would become something that we share a passion for with Paul. That that spirituality, that desire to know you, O oh Lord God, it will be said of each one of us. And so Lord, would you strengthen your people? Would you change our desires? Lord, would you, um, the things that we count right now as gain, that we would count it as loss for the sake of knowing you. So Lord, would you do this? We cannot do it on ourselves. We cannot um, make ourselves alive once we're spiritually dead. We can't make ourselves found once we're lost. We cannot make ourselves Um, see once we're blind. It takes the mercies and the grace of Jesus Christ, the good news of the gospel, to change us from the inside out through the power of your Spirit. So would you do that in each one of us? Bless our students. Bless um, each and every single person here that's joined us. I pray, Lord, your favor, your countenance to be upon us. In Jesus' name, amen.